juicy word. I love when you say it. Mm, I know. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Pause. <laughs> no, honestly. Oh, my God. You're like, will you say fuck again? <laughs> Just a podcast of you saying that. Yeah, there's something to the um, the confronting nature of cuss words. You know, when you Mm. say "fuck like a goddess," it's so confronting, and that's almost the point. Mm -hmm. And I feel like books that have that confronting nature often do well because they generate the interest to allow the confrontation to happen. Mm -hmm. No bullshit. Yes. Yeah, and I feel like the word fuck, it's like having sex sounds so like clinical. Yeah. And, like making love sounds like <laughs> <I know>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, something your fifteen year old boyfriend told you he wants to do. Uh, oh my so god. Like, you had a cute you had a nice fifteen year old boyfriend. <laughs> oh my god. But there's something about like owning the word fuck. It feels like two things coming together to create a third thing it feels like a merging of just like it has so much so many layers right like fuck off like fuck me like fuck that like there's just there it, it feels like a, a, a bit of a vortex so I like that about it that it's like when I chose that title it's like what if you like made love to life what if you came into communion, like divine communion as like this divine being with mm-hmm. everything, your pain, your pleasure, your wounds, your truth? Like what if it all just like made love to you and opened you instead of like trying to control life or control the moment or so when I feel into that fuck like a goddess, it's just like the goddess is like nature and sunshine and volcanoes and like the fucking pandemic moving through you know Mm -hmm. like even though that i guess it wasn't naturally made but like things moving through our bodies as a you know Mm -hmm. kind of like a big ecosystem so yeah obviously the word fuck means many things to me (laughs) and when i think of you like i immediately the first word is goddess yeah but i do want because i think we throw that word around a lot sometimes i'm like oh Mm -hmm. you're a goddess you're a goddess but i really like feel it in my Mm. cells when I say it about you Mm. I'm wondering like what that word means to you yeah thanks for asking that because I I do like feel like the word goddess without the word fuck would be kind of cheesy I'm not gonna lie like if my book was just called like you know dance like a goddess or something like that (laughs) (laughs) Um, embody your inner goddess (laughs) yeah because like that word has a stigma of like goddess circles and like women in the 60s and 70s like wearing flowing white gowns and like that's obviously not me but not everyone knows that so um but I do think that the the word goddess is like the it's divinity it's how the divine feminine moves through our our human bodies like how we are connected to something that came before and will come after us so that part of it makes it divine that it's not just in this human moment in the here and now but that it's it has um some sort of like a mysterious creation that is part of something that's bigger than us that we're connected to each other right as as women or as humans and so like the goddess is the face of the feminine as she moves through us infinitely mm-hmm. in all of her textures and all of her changing weathers um, and all of her archetypes and stories and narratives, like that it's all in us. It's all moving through us. 
And our human self is like our beautiful temporal self that will die, you know, and then turn to dust. And like, but there is perhaps an essence of us that is forever, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that for me to, to call that forth in the feminine is a part of what I think is really necessary on the planet today. As much as even that has, you know, controversy and like kind of taboo around gender and like I still firmly believe that there are uh, uh, thousands of years of elements of the feminine that have been cut out of our modern world, our world in general Mm -hmm. that need to be reclaimed, whether we're men, women, non-binary, it doesn't matter like these like I have a womb and I, I can procreate and there are qualities that are associated with that nature that I am. Um, and they're qualities of the earth of like nurturing and not killing each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> not killing the earth, you mm-hmm. know, of protecting each other, protecting our young, protecting our land. Yes. And these are the things that have been kind of eradicated by the patriarchy along with so much else, which I talk about in the book. <laughs> oh, you do, do you do like a little history? Yeah, I talk cool. about, mm-hmm, I, t- I mean, I talk about many things. I talk about lineage and I talk about my, you know, sort of my background and my whiteness and my um, socioeconomic, like sort of where I'm coming from this book from. So there's like a lot of kind of, you know, getting into things. And then, yeah, I talk about why our female bodies were, treated in the way that they have been why we sort of got wrapped in this greater cultural narrative of like we're only lovable if we're thin and we're pretty and we can we'll put so much time and energy into that and why our sexuality got hidden and told that it was dirty and like our period dirty and why as women we got kind of banned from the churches and our our relationship to the earth got banned from like you know our lives like all of that I do talk about all of that in, in the first part of the book, like why it's so important right now that we reclaim all that. Mm-hmm. Seems so obvious, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, but I think especially the stuff with like religion and stuff is so deeply entwined. You know, it took me a while to be like, wait, why Why is this this way for so many reasons? But can you talk a little bit about that? What is the history behind, say, for, you know, the thinness um, mm-hmm. and the having your body look a certain way? When was that narrative like implanted in the feminine Mm. well i will say i'm definitely not like a historian uh, per se in this but i have done quite a bit of research in terms of like what i know about christianity is that's the background that i grew up in and um the the archetype and the story that i like to look at is like okay how are women represented in the bible and i'll circle back around to your question and how that relates to the here and now but you know the women represented in the bible is like the virgin mary and um a virgin actually has historical roots in not being a woman who's never had sex but a woman who's sovereign under her own and um that kind of got misconstrued over time or it's one interpretation and then there's the other character of mary magdalene who was portrayed as a whore right which over time we've read in many different books that that is a portrayal that was chosen again right so there's in in this sort of christian religion there's this polarization of woman you either are a virgin or whore you either a good girl or a bad girl you know and that's been sort of if you look at movies Mm -hmm. songs it's something that's been so deeply entrenched in the narratives that it's like most of us had to choose. Now, if you're a good girl, 
you're going to choose to be pretty and quiet and thin and small and you want to be likable, right? Like you want to be good. Um, so I think that it kind of all stems from that, right? You, you imagine this like good girl, um, Virgin Mary. Mm-hmm. The Madonna she, whore complex. Yeah. That and Freud talked about. Yeah. Yep. And, and that that's like, it's like in our cell tissue, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it as a woman, like to hold both of those poles is intense, you know, to, ho- to hold them both publicly is intense. Like, could you be both of those things on any given day? And could you, you know, like release your um, desire to be seen as good? And, you know, it's a really, it's a big one. It's a hard one. It's so deeply in us. We're like, no, but I want to do good, mm-hmm. but I want to be seen as good. Um, I think that the thinness, um, it, it works on different levels. There's like a just becoming smaller, taking up less space in the world, which is like a sp- very spiritual and energetic thing. It's like as women, if we take up less space in the world, then w- then there's more space for men or like, you know, kind of oppressive uh, systems. If you look back like at statues of goddesses or maybe you even look back to, to Greece or whatever, like the female bodies weren't... Um, they weren't manicured. They weren't small. Actually, they were like really Mm -hmm. luscious and rich. Um, I'm not sure exactly the exact point that thinness started being of high value. Um, I I definitely grew up in the 90s. So I saw and I experienced growing up during like the Kate Moss time, which really heavily impacted me. And I think that if we would have grown up maybe even like in the 50s, we would have been accepted to have like a little bit more curves in us. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think the narrative around the female body has changed over time as trends and fashion and media dictated. So, I mean, I think that those of us who grew up in like the 90s, 2000s, maybe just got kind of the short end of the stick that like, oh, shit, I incarnated during the time where like I'm supposed to be really skinny in order to be lovable or in order to be, um, you know, considered up to the beauty standard or whatever so i think that 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 piece is maybe independent of religion i don't think necessarily like that the religion or spiritual piece dictated like oh our thinness but i think there's something about wanting to take up less space Mm -hmm. in general um a big juicy luscious body takes up more space in the world Mm -hmm. Um, it calls more attention. It speaks of sex. It speaks of earth. It speaks of ripeness. Um, and I think that the Protestant mm-hmm. bit just kind of like, we know that's like really tempting. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, like a ripe, fecund, like luscious woman is so tempting. Like we need to cover her and quiet her and kind of numb her down and dumb her down. Which you don't see necessarily like in maybe like some Latin American um, or Catholic space. But I think Protestant specifically, and I grew up in Protestant Mm -hmm. church. So in my book, I'm like very clear, like I grew up in the Bible Belt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And everybody's experience is very different depending on the culture that you grew up in. So your your experience of your own body is different depending on that. But uh, I know that like, from working with thousands of women, I know there are thousands, probably millions of women who are still in a battle with their body. Mm-hmm. And yes. statistics um, show this. And I talk about that in my book too. How much money and how many people are suffering still around their body as one thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. 
As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.